This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know Unmuting mics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to come to me. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. What's popping, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. I'm here with Matt Berkey. Uh huh. You know, we're doing the thing. It's Friday. Good job, little man. Thanks. Uh, sorry about that, team. I was uh, handling something. I'm used to, you know, having a few extra seconds there when nah. Papo throws it yeah. to me, but I was throwing to me. Yeah, see, it's hard when you throw it to yourself. It is. It's very difficult when mm -hmm. you throw it to yourself, apparently. Uh, we are back with a fun show today. All Steeler talk all the time. All day, baby. Mike T is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we got a lot of hopium in the building. I think, uh, we might get Jordan love from what I heard. The Packers are going to get rid of him. Yeah. Heard, uh, the Mike McCarthy's actually getting fired mm -hmm. in Dallas, despite the latest rumors that he's coming back. He's going to be our OC. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. These are all made up things that are never going to happen, mm -hmm. but just to troll Nikki. Yeah, just to troll Nikki. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not one for one. Love for Rudolph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect exchange. She wrote on the uh, on the Rudder show. What playoff games are you excited for? The answer is like none. I just, I'm excited for the Texans to uh, go into Baltimore and beat their asses. All I care about. Yeah, that's all I care. All about. I care about right. is that Baltimore mm -hmm. loses. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, GC baby. Outside of that, I could not give a shit less. Um. So yeah. Football's over as far as I'm concerned. And that's unfortunate, but guess what that means? That means you guys get a lot more poker talk. A lot more. You know, until pitch, pitchers and catchers report. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in about a week or two. <laughs> Is it that soon? Yeah. Man. When do position players go? Um, early March? Oh, no. In, Le in, in, way in, earlier? In, yeah, in February sometime. I thought pitchers and catchers were February. But I think pitchers and catchers are like... Right at the beginning of February, and then right. a couple weeks in. Just a couple February. week difference. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been training with TJ at, at the gym. He's the, I guess he's mostly right field now for the Reds. For the Reds, yeah. He was a center fielder at one point, but I think they moved him to right he field. He is a good player. He's very good. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's so funny. Like this is an elite athlete who plays professional baseball. The thing that I've dreamt my entire life of for a living. And like when we train, he, you know, he trains like a baseball player as he should. Right. And he like jokes because like our weight differential is so much. He's like a buck 75. Mm -hmm, yeah. And just like, just a ball of speed. I mean, like everything he does is just so agile and fluid and athletic. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there like an old man, just like ripping up like, you know, <laughs> 105 pound dumbbells on mm -hmm. bench and he's like, God, like, you're so big. Blah, blah. Dude, shut up. <laughs> I've trained you in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. When you're a dirty old man like me and you got nothing left but to go to the gym in the morning and convince yourself that it's Still actually it. doing something for you, <laughs> you'll be putting up 105s too, my friend. Mm -hmm. But for now, go hit that baseball and uh, take it easy on the bucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, seriously. He was telling me that uh, what's the, the rookie? Um, that they got 
Uh, cruise. Cruise, yeah. We have a cruise and they have a cruise. I was just about very, to say, wait, I thought ours very, was cruise. Very similar um, young stars, up-and-coming stars. Uh, they both are five tool guys, you know, tall, lanky, very, very uh, good. They, They're in, fun in to everything watch. they do, yeah. They both play shortstop. So everyone's comparing the two, and we're going to see how their careers pan out. But, uh, yeah, they got... Um, We'll see. I'm I'm excited to see a full year of O'Neill Cruz for the, for the Pirates. He uh, kind of got robbed of it last year when he yeah. when he uh, broke his ankle, but he's back and ready to go. Yeah, he said he's one of the sickest talents he's ever seen. He just mm-hmm. has no idea how that's going to translate because, like, yeah. you know, when you have natural talent like that, it doesn't mm-hmm. always correlate into getting the X's and O's down. But um, yeah, young division, a lot of youth there. It should be interesting to watch. We have a lot to cover with poker today. Um, we are going to do a little bit of fun stuff towards the end. Uh, Nikki sent us a couple couple Reddit posts mm-hmm. that we're going to look at. Uh, one is a winner's tilt post. Another one is please don't turn into an asshat to obvious new players. So these will be kind of two fun discussions that I think are very relevant to the stakes that most of you all play. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, we're going to have an in the muck segment from the most recent academy where I was very, very sure both players were in the muck. Plot we're a little twist. less certain now. Might be a plot twist. We're a little less certain. Stay tuned for the plot twist. Uh, but before all of that, there was a response from ACR. So I want to give you guys a little bit of follow up to what has been happening since we had the panel with Pads, Matt Marinelli, uh, Rob Kuhn, and Chris George, uh, oh, as well as uh, John Andreas. Um, since that panel, Pads still has not played a Sunday. Uh, and, you know, I think this is something that may just casually be overlooked. You know, uh, this is never miss a Sunday guy for the better part of however long he's been running that hashtag. But I, I'm sure he was like never missing Sundays prior to the hashtag. You know, that's what that's what spawned it. Um, I think people in the community should really take note when somebody as statured as pads decides to just very quietly stop playing on the sites that he's been trusting for the better part of a decade. Um, and I'm sure that those who have watched the panel, those who listen to what he has to say, and those that are paying attention to the fact that he actually is not grinding any longer, maybe are pausing for concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but this follow-up from ACR, it, it doesn't give me a lot more hope. I, I wouldn't expect to see pads out there this Sunday either after this follow-up. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I'll be curious to hear like what your, your overview was having read it. Um, but let me just give the audience a quick rundown of what they're, they're offering us here. So response to recent security concerns, this is as of uh, yesterday, January 17th. WPN takes game security and integrity very seriously, yada, yada, yada. This is all fluff. Mm -hmm. Players have recently expressed concern over a group of accounts playing over the course of the past 12 months. Uh, I believe it actually dated back like three to five years, but nevertheless, here we are. Uh, These accounts have all been through rigorous set of security protocols through natural course of business. Basically, you know, just kind of giving us lip service, saying, like, trust our security team. Given the serious nature of the accusations against these specific accounts, we have undergone an additional review. Uh, So up until this point, they don't really say anything. They're basically just saying, like, look, security's on it. Uh, We're going to take a look internally and then, you know, double back to you guys and see what's going on. So this is the the follow-up to that, I guess. 
As a result of standard protocols, the majority of the identified accounts had previously been prohibited from playing on the site and have not been active since the protocols were enforced. Now, a timeline here would be nice. Right. When were these protocols enforced? Mm -hmm. Because to my knowledge, and anybody out there who's a little bit more privy than me, feel free to correct me, but uh, Tyler, the original whistleblower on 2 plus 2, had been collecting this data for quite some time. And there were other accounts that had gone through and relegated uh, which of these accounts were still active, which of these accounts have gone dormant, at what point they had gone dormant. Uh, you know, all the, all the main information that both ACR and the community would need in order to kind of have an idea of how this bot ring uh, was, was orchestrating its theft, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, several dozen of the publicly identified accounts passed the screening which include hundreds of hours of video recordings of play that we insisted be performed to assure that the account was legitimate. Given the continued concerns expressed by members of our player community, out of an abundance of caution, uh, we have decided to suspend each of these accounts and put those accounts through additional scrutiny before they are permitted to play. Now, uh, from my perspective here, that sounds positive, but... It's also very unclear to me how many of the total, I, I don't remember how many total accounts there were. I think it was like just shy of 100 or maybe it was just shy of 300. My, my memory doesn't really serve. But anyway, of those total accounts, whatever percentage were active, how many of them are currently being suspended? Right. There's no harm yeah. in releasing this info right. to my exactly. knowledge, right? This doesn't hurt security at all. If they say, look, uh, you guys gave us a list of X number of players uh, of that list, why percentage of them were completely inactive and had already been busted through our previous protocols? Mm-hmm. Z percentage were still currently active, and of the currently active ones, we are now banning this many. Right? Yeah. Why not just go that route? Uh, I'm I'm very uncertain for the lack of clarity, other than covering one's ass. Right? Yeah. I, maybe I, the num- maybe the percentage is pretty low. I, I'm you know speculating. I, obviously, I don't know, but yeah, it, the whole the whole uh, release was a little vague. Yeah, uh, I'll continue through. But what is your, as, as like an outsider who doesn't really play online, but is just like you know, kind of hearing this press release secondhandedly? What mm-hmm. what's your general takeaway as far as what points are being conveyed here? Yeah, because um, like you're the audience in this instance, right? You know. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I've noticed that like some of the um the bullet points they, they said now they're asking for documentation and um so does that mean kyc what does that what does that entail right because they, they want to i guess it's they're saying like hey we're gonna we, we're gonna uh do things to to show that people are actually real and not bots right they're gonna like have them screen record and they're going to watch them play they're gonna v- evaluate their play they're going to have them uh you know release documentation to show that they're real um, but it, it's kind of like, I, I don't know to what extent they're doing all this stuff and right. how, how, how much of that is actually going to change. The, it feels the, a lot the, like the, politics, the, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. It feels yeah. a lot like, uh, right. when you look at the over, like the overview of the entire, uh, player pool, like how much is it going to capture? Yeah. Feels, uh, feels quite a bit to me like, you know, a changing of the guard in political office red goes blue, we're gonna blue come goes in and, and clean this place up yep 
uh, we're going to drain the swamp. You yeah. Know? But like, there's nothing specific ever mm-hmm. really stated. And, uh, you know, we as, as uh, the public just tend to feel like nothing ever gets done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of alluded to some things here that they address, but not all that specifically. They said, in accordance with our policies and where such de- determinations can be made, we will refund players where we have the identity where we have identified bad actors negatively impacting other players. Now this is like really clear legal speak where they are purposefully vague saying um, where such determinations can be made, we will refund players. So basically like if we have hard clad proof that you were cheated, we're going to send you some sort of And that's just here. like, that's very, very hard to, to go back through and we're, know exactly how many dollars you actually were cheated out of and then refund the, these people. Like, well, whether it's hard or not, we don't get to audit it. Right. So no one has any fucking clue. All we know is the evidence that we've presented. Right. And the community is pretty damn determined to a- either see some receipts or continue to believe that the information that is public is true. Mm-hmm. Which means that there are hundreds of bots that have stolen upwards of $10 million. So it's, the onus is now on ACR to prove that's not the case, mm-hmm. to show some level of receipts to their consumer base right. and say, like, actually, only X percent of that $10 million was uh, won nefariously by bot rings. It was these specific accounts, or maybe not even specific, but, like, mm-hmm. this percentage of the list was actually bots, whatever. Uh, I, I just feel like so far this is a pretty insufficient response. Um, they said, as part of that commitment, we consistently review our security protocols and make changes and improvements based on feedback players' behavior and as a result of our continual investigations into suspicious play. Our current security protocols include mandatory player documentation updates, which implies that there's already a KYC in place. Right. I don't know that to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe things have changed. I haven't played on ACR really ever, but certainly not in years yeah what does the documentation entail i mean documentation can be a a bunch of different things is it you know is it two forms of identification is it uh showing your you know uh like a screenshot of yourself with your with your um your id you know certain things that you have to do to get on like like a crypto Crypto site or something like that yeah yeah um, it goes on to say captcha technology and table pixelation changes. I know that they're really high on this, but everything that I've heard from people who were a part of the bot challenge, uh, had no problems skirting this. What, what is that exactly? Uh, my understanding is that it is, uh, well, the captcha pops up like every, I think it's random, but it pops up like different points throughout your session mm-hmm. and it needs to be filled in to prove that you're human. So it's like the click the stop sign type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but from my understanding, Bots are getting good enough now where they, uh, like, through the use of AI, uh, things like ChatGPT, maybe not ChatGPT, but, like, uh, algorithms similar yeah, to that, right. they're able to skirt the CAPTCHA. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what uh, the original, uh, during the bot challenge, um, the Range Trainer Pro dev, I think he was saying something about easily being able to get around the CAPTCHA. So you're saying as you're playing randomly, uh, something just will pop, pop up and up. say like, are you human? Yeah. And, and you have to click on it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to click on like whatever right. yeah. they're asking you to identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess there's like something about the pixelation within the tables that makes it difficult to screen scrape. Um, but again, I believe I was reading, I, I can't remember. I don't want to put everything on Range Trainer dev because I don't know that he was outing everything but i believe somebody was saying that this is also pretty easy to skirt because 
a lot of the bots now don't actually need to scrape the screen to get the data. There's some other methodology that they're utilizing. I'm not sure what that is, mm -hmm. uh, but apparently, um, you know, they're not as protected from screen scraping as, as, as they once thought that they were or they once actually were. And this is probably clear from the amount of mass data that's, that's out there for resale as well. Um, going back to... Uh, what else they have in place? Uh, software that renders bots who use live data collection, such as PPL or OpenPPL, ineffective. Uh, again, it's like I don't know. I don't know how to take this because it's like I would like somebody to go. I know that we don't want to see another 100k challenge for botting or whatever, mm -hmm. but I would like to see somebody who's sharp at this stuff stress test. Like it would be, it would be, you know, somebody would be willing to get their account banned to do it. Um, and be the martyr, but I feel like there's somebody out there who's sharp enough that can go through these security protocols at a cursory level because they're obviously not providing details uh, and just say like, okay, well, I'm going to challenge all of these things. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can build a bot that can skirt the uh, the CAPTCHA technology, the table pixelation, the the software that renders um, live data collection useless. Like, let me see what I can do kind of thing. I would guess... If I had to, if I were a betting man, <laughs> I would wager more on the side of uh, the cheats than the security team. Mm -hmm. um, and that isn't necessarily a slight against ACR security. Uh, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I just know that they, as well as all other sites, have a pretty big uphill battle. So I'm not, I'm not letting them off the hook by any stretch. But I do recognize that this isn't as simple as like, oh, we'll just do X, Y, and Z, and then you know your site will be far more secure. Um, it goes on to say, video recorded sessions of players for pattern evaluation, deep dives of hand and play history across all our games. I'd be interested to know what those deep dives entail. Uh, is this a human analyzing it, or are we running it through something like GTO Wizard to see how close to optimal they're playing? Um, a recent banning of virtual and remote access machines, introduction of features such as PLO reshuffle, recent partnerships with GTO Wizard to enhance GTO analysis protocols and detection, as well as investment in tools that improve data analysis and detection capabilities. As a result of these recent concerns, we're undergoing a full review of the current protocols and expect to make additional changes and enhancement to our security measures and increase already significant investment in security and game integrity. We hope players will continue to trust us with play as they have for more than 20 years and take comfort in the knowledge that protecting the game is one of our most important activities. Okay. Um, I think we unpacked a lot of this as we went, um, but there's, there's a lot to be said here for what's not being said, I think. Um, and from my perspective, and I imagine that the community shares this to some regard, uh, you know, we're in a situation here where the operators can't be transparent with what it is that they're doing. Right. And we can't trust them until we have something that can demonstrate a receipt. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, also, there's a lot of quote unquote negative receipts working against them right now. The community collected all of this data over some period of time. They've arrived at some certain conclusion that now falls on ACR to disprove. You can't disprove it by saying like, we looked into it, what you guys are claiming is only partially true, and therefore we're gonna give you a partial refund. 
that's not good enough because you're heavily incentivized to a not refund anybody and b to ensure that the public believes your security to be on the up and up mm -hmm. so it doesn't benefit acr by any stretch to come out and be like you guys were right like you guys were right we owe you 10 million we're gonna pay it back in installments um you know shout out to all the regs out there you guys are about to get a, a check mm -hmm. you know <laughs> uh moreover along the negative receipt side there were you know hundreds of of accounts that were accused uh 35 of which were concentrated to like kazakhstan and uh latva uh, and like, you know, basically mimicked each other's play style to a degree where like the community was kind of like, this is suspect, you know, what, what the fuck's going on here? Not one person that was on that list has come out and said, I'm botter one, two, three, four, five, and I'm fucking innocent. Right. Not one person. No. These are all huge winners on this online site, right? And mm -hmm. one thing that we know about the big winners online is that they rarely are capable of remaining anonymous for long periods of time. Of course. All of these accounts have managed to remain anonymous both prior to the accusation as well as throughout the entire accusation. And that kind of stinks, right? Something about that just doesn't sit well with me. Something about that implies that someone inside knows more than we do as the public. Uh, and I don't know to what degree uh, anything nefarious is happening or like, I, I don't know to what degree they may be found evidence to the contrary of what the statement says. I don't know any of that stuff because they can't share it with us, which is we all understand that, right? right. Mm -hmm. What we don't understand is why isn't there one trusted individual that you can share it with, right? Right. Not not guru, not like one of these high... No offense. I, you know, I like Rob. I like Ebony. I like DePaula. I like the team. But they're, they're hired PR stuntmen, you know? Like, no offense, but like as a community, we don't trust your, you at your word, right? And that's not saying that your word is is uh untrustable or that there's anything wrong with it it's just there's conflicting interests mm -hmm. why isn't there a single third-party auditor that's really fucking sharp on this stuff right who, who could that be <laughs> um, do we know I, I mean you know i i know that uh pads kind of suggested ike mm -hmm. a few times oh hold on man my stream deck's fucked <laughs> uh he he mentioned ike as like an example and i think that that's the right type of person right okay yeah obviously ike's not going to do it he has no incentive to maybe right. maybe he would i don't know maybe they could pay him enough i don't know mm -hmm. uh and i gotta tell you right now it would be worth it like i don't know what a third party operator would charge to do this job but it's worth it but like it's worth it if it's yeah. seven figures it's probably worth it mm -hmm. because there's a good chance that you're just going to see traffic plummet. Yeah. If stables lose confidence in their ability to put their horses in ACR events mm -hmm. uh, or cash. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, GG is kind of in the exact same positioning right now. Like, no one's really going to know what they can and can't uh, do comfortably, trusted, um, when these sites are just kind of like waiting for everything to just blow over, right? They're all waiting for it to blow over. We're waiting for the shoe to drop where we just like feel like we're right on the cusp of some major scandal breaking and finding out that, you know, 20% of the pools that you're playing against are just like botted oh my God. or some shit right. like that. Yeah.
Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a short list of people in this industry that are highly respected, highly trusted, and we don't believe could ever be bought for any amount. Mm -hmm. Guys like Ike, guys like Gelfond, um, guys like, uh, you know, Kuhn to some degree, even though he's affiliated with GG already. Like, we, we just need somebody with high integrity that the community across the board trusts to willingly go into these sites and be a third-party op or auditor, right? Make them sign an NDA, make them do all the things that, uh, you know, prevent them from being a threat to you moving forward. But what can't continue to happen is this fear that if the secret sauce, quote-unquote, of security ever gets out, they're going to be inundated with attacks. Because mm -hmm. from our perspective, you already are. Yeah. Right? From our perspective, these sites are just heavily, heavily compromised. And when someone like Pads stops playing, this has been his living for 15 years. Right. He's reached the pinnacle. He's grinded his way through micros all the way to nosebleeds. And he just one day woke up and said, I won't do it Can't anymore do it. until my money feels safe. Mm -hmm. That is something that everyone in the community that's considering playing online in any capacity should take heavy note of. Because... That is a huge vote against the safety and security of these sites. And I don't want to sound doom and gloom because like a lot of the messaging of that panel was this is fixable. There's a course correction that can take place for online poker where we can all flourish again. And right now the interest level is incredibly high. So the motivation for these sites to get it right should also be incredibly high. But I don't know how you increase consumer confidence if there isn't some sort of go-between when it comes to the operators and the consumer. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that third party looks like. You know, I joked and said, like, we should make that circle of trust and, like, just be a third-party operator. Like, let that be the business. Um, but in lieu of that, sites need to solve this because I appreciate ACR addressing this. I appreciate them getting out in front of things. And I appreciate the fact that they're taking everything seriously. But this statement is so tone deaf. It's just riddled with a lack of uh, a, a lack of like specifics. It's very vague and general. Why aren't you telling us how much of the ten million was actually stolen? Right. Right. How much of refunds can we expect back? And if you don't have those numbers yet, then don't put this statement out yet. It's kind of that simple, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't want more to hold us over. And that, I get that's, why that's what it feels like, right? Yeah. It feels like they they're like, we have to get something out. Right. So here here's this, here's all the things we're doing, and then later on down the road, we'll give you more. But will they? I don't know. Right, because it can just disappear. Mm -hmm. Right? If if enough people take this statement at face value and they just go, Okay, well, you know, it's a major site, nothing's going on. I'm just right. gonna keep playing. Yeah. And, their and traffic there will be people that do that. Yeah. Well, especially Venom's coming up now. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going to flood to the site. They're going to yeah. play this major. Yeah. I, I think that... I think this is an opportunity, and I don't want to be the one to champion this because, again, online is not my... It's not my arena. I'm not the person to tell people what to do with their money when they're gambling or where to play. Uh, I feel a lot more confident in giving that advice when it comes to live you know, specifying what types of games are good, what kind of games are on the up and up, what ones you should avoid and things of that nature. But with Venom coming up, 
for those of you out there who are in a power position, the stable leaders, the uh, the high stakes grinders, the the guys that are influencing a lot of the MTT pool, it's a good time to talk with your wallet. If you don't like this statement and you don't feel that they've provided enough information or put you in a position to feel confident about both keeping your money on ACR as well as continuing to give them business, I think it's a good time to watch the Venom overlay by six figures. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's the type of thing. I'm not sure what the guarantee is. It's been large in the past. Let me, let me check real quick and see if I can find one. Um, They've gone as big as 10 million before. Right. I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if it was 10 million and then all of a sudden, like, they get, they miss it by a million, that's, you know, right. That, that hurts. <laughs> and then if, you know, if that's the case, then, um, it, it's, it's going to force their hand to do more. That's, that's, that's the whole goal of this. All right. I'm not sure how accurate this webpage is that I found, but if this is up to date, then, um, it looks as though I was a little bit off on the dates. Okay. And it appears that the Venom is a 10 million guarantee. Uh, okay. But the next one is going to be July 20th. I feel like this isn't accurate, though. I feel like there's almost always one. Is there a date on that article? No. Sadly, there isn't. It says copyright 2024, so maybe it is accurate. Uh, which, honestly, like, would make a lot of sense because uh, I wouldn't want to run a major right now. No. Um, it just seems really scary to do such a thing while uh <laughs> while the consumer confidence is relatively low um okay here we go so it looks like there is stuff oh this is just day by day yeah yeah uh okay yeah anyway um enough enough uh putting their tournament schedule on display yeah <laughs> I, I i would i guess my whole point here is that uh i find this to be a very inadequate statement and like it's not my arena right i don't care all that much i do care that the health of online poker is safe i care that people aren't getting you know fucked over for their dollar more than they already would be if they were a losing player i care that um you know we can look in and uh, market poker as a safe environment, a safe competitive environment. And I do care that I think online matters a lot to the overall health and growth of the game. But I don't care about the, the minor stuff, like the, the nuance, right? It's not mine to, to cradle and care about. So it's one of those things where like, look, play, don't play. I don't know, but mm -hmm. uh, pay very close attention to what these companies are saying. Yeah, I think that, that, that is, that's the main point, right? It's like, look, what, look at the overarching thing that's happening in front of you and uh, look at their statement and then you ultimately have to decide as a consumer, as a player, if you feel safe, if you think that, that this is on the up and up and you can play uh, you know, on, a, on a level playing ground. Right, and like, you know, I don't suspect this will be the last we hear of it. No, of course not. Uh, whether it's, you know, getting more information about this mm -hmm. potential bot ring on ACR or other forms of cheating that possibly uh, make their way into the public eye, uh, regardless of, of what we're talking about as far as, like, bad behavior goes, I guess, um, I think that until uh, again you know we we spoke ad nauseum in, in the in the panel but uh until we have some level of clear transparency between us and the operators 
We're just going to keep hearing these stories. Um, all right. Let's shift gears a little bit and move into... Uh, let's move into an In the Muck segment. We, mm-hmm. got a, we got a fun one planned for you guys today. All right. Whoops. <laughs> yes. God damn it, Nikki. <laughs> I Don't love forget it. to like, comment, and subscribe. That's if right. You, if you yeah. haven't already. For all the audio mm-hmm. listeners out there, it really helps the channel grow. It really you know. does. Maybe make your way over to YouTube. Uh, also, don't forget to join the membership uh, so we can get some more moats out there. That's right. We, we got we got to get a just pay moat. Mm-hmm. We definitely the need a just pay moat. Definitely need a just pay yeah. moat. So we got um, an In the Muck Academy edition. We do. Uh, we do indeed. I am trying to find the timestamp mm-hmm. here. Okay, let's see. Yeah, we're going to give you some uh, some footage straight from the Academy this time. 133.10, you say? 130, it's 131.35. Oh, okay, that's way different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to it, shall we? Let's do it. Take a look at this hand coming up here in a very okay, brief moment. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. So what we have here is um, we have a open under the gun one, a three bet from the hijack, and then Donna in the big blind has pocket jacks and a cold four bet candidate. She likes to go for it here. Uh, Tom's going to get out of the way with ace queen off. And Matt has a decision about 160 big blinds effective, whether or not to five bet or call. I think he would mostly uh, just five bet jam ace king off. Uh, you kind of just want to, you kind of just want to run it and put her in the cage when she has hands like this. Yeah. Uh, but now we see a flop of ten of diamonds, three of diamonds, three of hearts. She has the jack of hearts, jack of spades, and elects to bet third pot. Matt has Ace of Clubs, King of Diamonds, and elects to call. Uh, I realize now, am I talking over this? No, good, I have it muted. Great. Yeah. Uh, turn Eight of Diamonds. SPR is now one and a half. Donna checks. And Matt is, uh, he's feeling it. He goes for it. Just, just jams it all in. Okay. The, way, the way he put his chips yeah. in and stared at her, I would have mm-hmm. fucking snapped. <laughs> I would have snapped that bet so fast. I, uh, I can't really put into words how quickly I would have snapped that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna's in the cage a little bit. She does go into the tank. It's kind of a big shove. She obviously has better. She has you know jacks with a diamond, uh, queens, kings, aces, Top set of tens or tens full, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's like twelve hundred into seven fifty ish, twelve thirty five into seven fifty, so like one forty percent pot. Um, she's ultimately going to arrive at a fold here, which I said was not good. Now, if you saw Hunt's reaction there, I think he was kind of just like, "Yeah, that's a tough one." And in real time, I was like, well, is it? I mean, yeah. what, what hand is really jamming here that mm-hmm. isn't ace-king with a diamond? Like, in my head, people just aren't really jamming over pairs there. Uh, and they're certainly not jamming tens full 
very often. At least I don't think so. I don't think so, no. What would you do if this were a hand played at the jewel? <sighs> Just pay. Yeah? Um, would it, you? I, I, honestly, it would probably depend on the player, the player profile. Okay. Right? Because, like, you know, there's some people that I would probably snap. And there's some people that I'd be like, oh, God. It just, okay, just that's kind it, of right? kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Um, what type of profile would you lean on snapping? Uh, you know, the 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 more aggressive type, the people that I know like to play their draws fast, that like to. Um, what if it were Matt Hunt? No, oh no, the, this in oh, the hand. Oh yes, uh, Matt Hagen. Yeah, call. You would call. Yeah, yeah. He seemed like the type to to really want to be mixing it up a little bit in there. He, you know, he's looking for his spots. So you know, for me, it was the. Uh, it was just the mannerisms, mm-hmm. like the authoritative, like grab yeah. all the chips, right? Smash them in, and then like dead stare. Mm-hmm. If I were close, if I were like on the fence, I think that would have been enough to make me call. Yeah. Um, now we already looked up the spot. I shouldn't have spoiled it for you, but um, if you had to guess, not knowing what you know now, what do you think her hand is supposed to do in theory? I would think it would it would be call. Yeah, so my thought process was very similar. I, I would have thought that like she's just not supposed to face a mm-hmm. jam here really ever. So if she does, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Kind like, of thing. Like in my mind, I'd be like, okay, if they had aces or kings, like they might just get it in pre. And so like queens, and if they have a flush, they're probably not just jamming it, right? If they have tens full, they're not just jamming. Right. Because like, I don't know, people don't play that way. They want to get value for their hands. and There's also like, Maybe two flushes, mm-hmm. three at most. Right. Ace Jack, Ace Queen, Ace King, maybe. Right, right, exactly. So there's not a lot. So it it just it feels like it's the hand that we're staring at, right? It feels like overs like Ace King with a diamond. That's How certainly long? what it felt like to me, Brian. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we and, could see the hand, which made it easier, but that's what it like when when you're in that moment and you see someone do something like that. You, yeah. You feel like you're I, just gonna see that hand a lot. I'm not a man to fold uh that much equity mm-hmm. versus a hand that I'm beating. But I yeah, think it feels like if they don't have queens specifically, you're just winning. Yeah, I, I guess like so that's the thing, right? There there's two there's two angles to being in the muck here. Um first is Donna's angle, where she's pretty much at the bottom of her value range mm-hmm. when she cold four bets. Right. Uh she might have Yeah, she probably never has like nines, really, I don't think. I don't think she so. might have like a little bit of ace ten suited. Uh, I gave her that as a bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of a theoretical range, but most like, people don't find the cold. Yeah, I mean, like, let's be clear. Sense. Everybody here was like solidifying their preflop strategy on the go mm-hmm. over the last three days. So, like, are you going to find the twelve percent cold four with Ace Ten suited? Probably not. No. So probably no ten x. Probably no flushes except Ace King. Um. Sometimes people overplay ace-queen suited, I think, but it's a pure fold in mm-hmm. that spot. I did give her a little bit of ace-queen because I think that's more likely than ace-10. Um, so, yeah, it's like you maybe have ace-queen of diamonds, or sorry, ace-king of diamonds for a flush, maybe low-frequency ace-queen. So you don't have a lot of that. You just basically, you're concentrated to overpairs and then maybe a sliver of tens full. Uh, maybe you cold four tens, I don't know, 15, 20% of the time. Um so basically, you just have overpairs, and they rank as you know linear as possible, where it's aces to jacks, and then you have with and without diamonds, mm-hmm. right? Uh, obviously, having diamonds are nice because sometimes, actually, I don't know that it is. 
the solver prefers that you have a diamond. Mm-hmm. And I guess the idea behind it is if you have jacks or queen with the diamond, you can still suck out on aces or kings without one. Right. But outside of that, having like the jack of diamonds, not too relevant if he doesn't have ace jack of diamonds very often. Mm-hmm. Having the queen of diamonds maybe a little bit more relevant because he probably doesn't fold ace queen suited. <clears throat> and then having like kings with the king of diamonds is obviously really nice because he might not ever have a flush here and now we only lose to like just aces. Yeah. Um, but my thought process here would just be like, okay, uh, I don't think... I don't think value really wants to jam here. Like if we're building our strategies around value, which is something we should be considering, <clears throat> then I don't really think jams are going to play here. And if I'm wrong, what am I actually going to be wrong against? Like what's the best hand he could jam? It's probably just like Queens, no diamond. So it's like, okay, he's maybe jamming like three combos out of the entirety of his range that mm-hmm. I think the rest of his range would play differently. So I would just lean on calling in Donna's spot. And just feeling like gross about it. Uh, I will say that like she played the hand perfectly up until the decision to call her fold. And I'm not even saying she played it wrong. I'm just saying that like uh, the, the the flop seabed is good. Her sizing is a little bit small, but like whatever. Uh, and then the the realization that you're supposed to check the turn there is actually also really good as well. Uh, now from Matt's perspective, you have Ace King with the King of Diamonds. Like I would be more inclined to raise flop. I think. And try to play an all-in pot, uh, or, or sorry, try to um, you know have some sort of bluff frequency with my raises because I want to raise aces and kings here a lot, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm building my strategy around. So taking the hand that complements that, I think I want to raise here a lot as well. But I understand the desire to call. You want to realize your equity. You don't want to get jammed on. Um, what do aces and kings like to do pre-flop against a cold four like that? Are they flatten a lot? Like aces just flats because aces flats just, a lot. Yeah, maybe kings gets it in because of the ace factor coming on the flop. Um, uh, I can tell you pretty quickly what mm-hmm. happens. Here. It seems like it seems like aces doesn't want to just rip it in because uh, you know just get a lot of. Yeah. from inferior hands. Yeah, so here is uh here's the preflop at equilibrium for 200 NL uh with rake. And you can see that uh under the gun two or hijack in this instance whatever. Uh it traps aces about half the time mm-hmm. and it calls with kings about half the time as well. Okay. Yeah. Um I would imagine the calling with kings is both a byproduct of protecting range as well as not wanting to allow the big blind to only have aces. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is also a a range that's built off of 200 big blinds, and they're only 150 effective. So if we look at 100 big blind ranges, sorry, Kings is just like probably pure jam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I gave him 50% ace-king off, but it actually is just a pure five bet. Okay. So it's just a pure five bet jam, even at 200. Ace-king suit is probably going to almost always call. It's, it's almost a pure call. Yeah. So 79, 80% call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same thing with like queens and jacks. Like these hands just can't ever really play for stacks. So uh, all that makes a lot of sense to me. If we look at Donna's range, we can see it's really, really tight and quite linear. So uh, I actually increased the likelihood of her having queens, ace-king off, jacks and tens. Um, queens was like 50% frequency. Jacks was like 12 Tens was like ten. So you're uh, only supposed to code four jacks. Uh, jacks and tens were like super low frequency. Low frequency, yeah. Uh, and then ace king off was like very low as well because it it um, 
I think it jams and folds mm-hmm. at a reasonable frequency. But I just gave it a hundred percent because I just think like most players are going to play like you know four bet non all in. Um, and then like a s- little sprinkle, a little speckle, if you will. Of, Maybe an ace uh, five in there. Yeah, a little speckle of of mm-hmm. bluffs. These I just left in from from theory. Mm-hmm. So this is actually what the range wants to do. Um, now when we take a look at this in the wizard. Uh, what we'll find is that, uh, so you can see uh, it actually just wants the 3E, which is B47. So it's it's trying to play a geo size so they can play three streets because the ranges are so narrow and condensed to value. Uh, it wants to be able to be all in by the river with its overpairs. Um, but it also recognizes that the target it's shooting at is very small. So instead of 2E, which would make it such that in position starts to get to fold some stronger hands mm-hmm. like queens without a diamond probably become indifferent versus the the turn jam if you 2e flop yeah i guess um so. or at least it would become close i'm not sure uh ace king no diamond for sure would just like have no tough decisions versus 2e um but versus 3 it kind of gets into a weird spot because it has to defend some of the time so anyway Is that go- because like the board's paired and you know not not just because the board's paired, but also uh, just due to the lack of combinations in either range. Okay, yeah. Right? The, like, the range is just so narrow at this point that you yeah, don't, you I, don't I mean, need to just... When we're talking about sizings, it's both a byproduct of mm-hmm. the board, but also yeah. a byproduct of the ranges. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that um, when there are very few hands in either range, uh, you have to lay a price to the bottom. Yeah, right. Right? Even mm-hmm. if the bottom's really strong... Yeah. Uh, it's now it's all relative. Mm-hmm. The bottom's only really strong relative to the board texture, not relative to the other range. Okay. Yeah. Right. So if so, like for instance, in position is going to have hands like nines and eights mm-hmm. because they're going to three bet at some frequency and then call. Um, that's stone bottom, and this is a very favorable right. board for nines or eights. Mm-hmm. But if you're facing pot, you just kind of have a really annoying fold, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I'm not sure three E would be pot. Or sorry, 2E would be pot. Uh, I, I think GO2 in this instance, um, where you're betting the same size over two streets to be all in, it looks like... You have me on the screen, by the way. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it looks like SPR here is three. So um, geosizing for uh, a two-street all-in strategy would be like 75%. Okay. And like eights is just going to hate life. It's mm-hmm. just going to fold a lot. Always going to fold without a diamond probably mostly fold without or with what with a diamond same thing with nines same thing with ace king uh every time it doesn't have a diamond it's just going to fold that type of stuff right inability to realize equity the inability to have enough equity versus a really tight range betting this size is going to lead to um just a lot of conservative play um and so i'm not surprised to see the geometric sizing used i'm not surprised to see that it's geo3 instead of geo2 uh, and Donna was right along the, or she was along the right page. She went for a third pot, which is a little bit smaller than Geo, but like she understands kind of the equity threshold here of like, mm-hmm. I need to lay a price to the bottom of range. Uh, so continuing with her small size, we can see that Matt will play some raises in position. It's exactly what I suspected. It's going to be like ace king with a diamond, aces, kings. And that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever small amounts of... His like, raising size is what? Very small. It's third pot. Yeah, okay. 
right? Makes you're, sense. You're basically just trying to set up a GO2 right. strategy thereafter. Um, and you also like want to still be able to have folds when you get jammed on. So like this didn't happen, but if we play raise and she jams, I imagine ace king starts to fold. Yep. So yeah, now ace king becomes a pure fold. Mm -hmm. It mixes when it has the ace of diamonds, but otherwise like just it's out. Aces and kings obviously are in. Uh, and the strategy is like just really, really, really simple at that point. So even though Matt doesn't want to turn the king of diamonds into a bluff here for fear that he'll get jammed on, it's really fucking good to, you know, uh, having that imposition raise really makes you difficult to play with as, or play against, especially when you catch Donna like yeah. at the bottom, because now she has Jack's no diamond. Uh, makes it easy just when a diamond rips off on the turn for you to just now go you for can be it. all in for eighty yeah, percent, right? Right, like pretty nice. easily. Yeah. Uh, let's actually analyze that when he plays raise. Uh, she actually is just supposed to start folding without a diamond. So Jack's no diamond, like. It mixes, but it's like 10% call, mm -hmm. right? So he's already put that sort of hand in the cage. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You cold four bet, you get called, and now you bet. And get raised. And you, yeah, on a 10-3-3, three, 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 right? And you get raised. Yeah, you're, just, you're in hell. Yeah, you really, That's why you don't just pay. Well, that, that's what I was about to say. Like, this is... That's a different situation. This is what it looks like when ranges converge, mm -hmm. right? Um, people are of the impression that... Everybody is just absolutely nutted. So right. like you, you see bet that board and get raised. It's like, oh, he just has aces or kings. In that but situation, like, he does. Well, yeah, it's well, a big chunk, but he king. should also have ace, ace king, king right. right? Like, that's yeah. what a good player would have. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is uh, to pocket jacks, it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if you're bluffing or you're not. Mm -hmm. You just fold. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of the inverse of right. just pay. Right. It's like whenever we have him positioned to such a tight range where a lot of it's concentrated to value and then the rest of it is concentrated to equity, mm -hmm. your weakest hands just, they're out. Right. But you can't make the same mistake with queens. Mm -hmm. Queens just pays. Right. And that's really the, the conversation here, right? Is where's the line? Right, right. J you're saying like pay with the top of your range, but well, Jack's in this situation is not the top of your range. It's Correct. the bottom of your range. Right. And understanding the difference there is going to you know be very helpful. Yeah. So analyzing this a little bit further, um, he is just going to play call here. Uh, we're going to see the eight of diamond turn. And you can see that Donna nails this. Uh, she Go Donna. mostly plays check here. She gets to play a little bit of jams with kings and ace king. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not high frequency, about 8% of the time. Um, kings just needs a little bit of protection. You can see it's kings with a diamond, mm -hmm. uh, basically giving itself backup. Um, and then a lot of betting with the nuts, ace king of diamonds, yep. uh, a lot more betting without the nuts. So ace king, uh, uh, no front door, no back door. This is targeting all of his heart floats. You can see ace king of hearts almost never bets. That's the reason why. Aces still a get it now type of hand. Uh, it wants to go two thirds, basically creating a new two E um, because we went too small on the flop. Um, but yeah, jacks, pure check. Even with the diamond, just pure check. So she nailed that one. And that makes sense. Bottom of range, value or bluff, very likely to just start surrendering. Uh, we're going to use it to kind of protect our range. Uh, and now you can see that he's not really supposed to play any jams, right? Um, he just plays 2E, basically with his entire betting range, which is about 67% pot. Um, and... You know, it comes from exactly where you would expect it to. 
It's a little bit of protection with queens and a diamond, but that mostly checks back as well. Instead, it starts with like kings with a diamond is pure. Kings without a diamond, it's just a mix. Mm -hmm. uh, aces, same thing. And then pocket tens obviously rounds out value. And then like a hand like 10-9 suited. This is like, we were talking yesterday. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, I was talking to the class a little bit about the concept of merging and how it's kind of faded into uh, a lack of existence. I was like, well, it actually kind of exists in Solverland a little bit. Yeah. And they're asking for some examples. And I, I loosely gave one. And it was like reasonable. But this is kind of a decent example of how a merge exists where... 10-9 suited, pure bets. And what you'll see is uh, when in position bets, jacks no diamond, pure fold. Right? Right. So pure fold. So it's a, a situation where 10-9 uh, suited is a bluff because it can get better to fold. But ace-king... Uh, oh, no, never mind. I take it all back. I was going to say, but there are combinations that call right, that, that are, are worse, worse, but not like ace king with a diamond, yeah. but they actually just jam. Right. So it's not a good example of a merge. No. Um, I take it all back, but you see where I was going with it. I, anyway. I do see where you were going. Yeah. There were, there are definitely situations where you jam and you get, you get worse to, to call and better to fold. Yeah. Usually it's river. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, we find ourselves in this scenario where if Matt were to bet, uh, Donna actually makes an excellent fold. So uh, when push comes to shove. You mean when he, if, if he jams? It doesn't matter. Oh, if he bets. It doesn't matter way. if he bets anything. On the turn. On the turn. Okay. Uh, so she's just check folding the turn with her exact holding. Pure check folds, bottom okay. of range. Uh, ace four, bottom of range. Like mm -hmm. these hands just pure check fold. You have way better to, uh, to utilize to defend. So for Donna... Big thumbs up. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Nice job, Donna. Um, now, let's look at it from Matt's perspective because he's a little bit in the muck here and he chooses a size that is not really a thing. So, what we really want to analyze is, well, what happens if instead of 2E, we just offer an all-in as well? Is this ever used? It's a big shove. It's 167% pot. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we can see that it is utilized a very small frequency and it comes from a very specific range. It comes from the nuts, ace king of diamonds. It comes from kings with a diamond and then ace king off, lo and behold, with a diamond. Hey uh, it actually does really like it with ace king, king of diamonds, mm -hmm. uh, specifically when the ace is a heart. Let's see, not that it really matters, but let's see if he had that combo. Oh. Um... 130 what? Three? 131. He had ace of clubs, king of diamonds. Mm -hmm. But not quite the, the nut combo. You want the ace of hearts because of, I guess, backdoor blocking properties. Uh, ace of clubs, king of diamonds. Jam's a smidge. A lot less, but a smidge. Um, and then if we alter this even further to where he only plays jammer check, and there is no 2E strategy... Uh, what we'll see is the all-in frequency is going to increase some. So it just goes up with the ace-king uh, spots. Ace-king yeah. with the ace of diamonds is almost pure. Uh, ace-king, king of diamonds, ace of spades, king of diamonds, ace of hearts. Actually, all his combo now becomes a pure shove. Mm -hmm. If he's only playing shove or check, it actually right. becomes a pure shove. Yeah. So basically it's like... You're not supposed to be shoving here, but if you did choose 
to shove, you did you had the right combo to do it. Yeah, we can look at the EV differentials. So jamming here is worth uh, 20 big blinds with his exact combo, 20.84 big blinds. Mm -hmm. um, and if we change it back to 2E, uh, 67. Um, let's see. His exact combo then becomes 15.4. So the EV of jamming his exact combo actually goes up. It goes up. So jamming is better than 2E? Well, not necessarily. We'd have to check the other hands. Oh, okay. So, like, how do kings perform? Right. How do aces perform? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and it's also, uh, it's difficult to see. So, like, we can look at just the, uh, the overall, right? So, the overall EV of aces is 85. The overall EV of ace-king off is 11. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever you play the normal 2E strat, whenever you play the all-in strategy. Uh, so, remember, it was 85 and 11. Uh, my guess is that aces will go down. Yeah, aces goes down to 78. Uh, Ace-king off goes up to 12. So there's a very small exchange there where mm -hmm. aces kind of loses a significant amount of EV. Right. Um, but king, or sorry, uh, ace-king actually gains some EV. You're sacrificing a small amount over your overall strategy to simplify. Mm -hmm. And this is very common uh, in the way that we study. This is very common in uh, practical usage over... Uh, technical theoretical execution mm -hmm. um, and what I thought was you know a pretty big error there by Matt was lo and behold <laughs> wizard approved hey look at that uh, big shout out to the guys at GTO wizard we appreciate you guys for sponsoring the in the muck segment Absolutely. couldn't do it without you mm -hmm. uh, if you guys would like to submit your own in the muck segment head on over to our Discord channel. You can find the link at our uh, Twitter page. It's the pinned comment at solve for YTV. Uh, not what you see on screen here. Or you could just hit hashtag Discord in the chat right next to you. Uh, that will take care of that. Um, really fun spot. Uh, turned out, would have never guessed it, but uh, it, it turned out that actually I was personally the one that was in the muck there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it happens from time to time. Every once in a while, you get This one, is why you need you GTO Wizard, because you are not the wizard. And for you to memorize every spot in every uh, situation would be impossible. That's true. That being said, exploitatively, I would have called her hand. Yeah. I would have just called her, and it's like, if you show me queens, Godspeed. Right. Like, right. good for you, man. Uh, I'm proud of you. But I just, I'm not buying it. Mm -hmm. Call me crazy. I just, I just don't see it, man. Yeah. I just don't see anything but Ace King here. And and that's kind of like the that's kind of like the crux of it all is how often it's really funny because it's it ends up being a strategy where it's the old man coffee strat, right? The hands that are supposed to jam if you're playing a jam strat are actually hands that you would never Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Who's running this show? Yeah. God damn it. You are uh wrong, sir. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, it's like if you are playing a jam there, you're actually supposed to jam aces and kings, which feel very non-intuitive, mm -hmm. right? Those hands feel like they can be quite greedy and go for the smaller sizing over two streets, things of that nature. Um, it, it actually is funny to see 
how live ranges can actually come to fruition in certain spots. Because what it's proving is that your observation of live environments is true. People are too tight. Mm -hmm. More specifically, the range narrows too fast. And then you create scenarios like this where it's just the top versus the top. So the, the, um, the presumption of why we don't pay live is actually kind of accurate, right? And it actually is true that there will be plenty of hands that feel very top of range. But if you take the time to actually analyze how we got here and everything else, they might be a lot closer to the bottom right. and be forced to kind of like check, give up. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, there's another way to play this game, right? And that's, I guess, what I've been advocating for is you, you get to just pay if you're the one who's aggressively putting money into the pot. So if their range is going to over narrow, let it make money off of it. Print early, you know? And then uh, maybe let off the gas later on in hands, but not to the degree where you're afraid to go for thin value. Like, get yourself value cut from time mm -hmm. to time, you know? Yeah. Make a hero call with the second nuts. Right. Don't fold quads, as right. we learned yesterday. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Poor, poor Jonas. Jonah. Jonah, Jonas. Jonah in the well. Jonas. Yeah. Jonas. God damn, man. <laughs> I had the reference. Please don't yes. forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> I had the reference. I knew I had the reference. I knew I wasn't mm -hmm. losing my mind. Yeah, but you were kind of but I was a, Per uh, usual, I was a little bit off. I was yeah. one letter off. Right. And that was just enough to monkey wrench the whole, yeah. the whole reference. You were confusing two books, the Bible and uh, I actually, Dick. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that. Like, I, I initially thought it was a biblical story. Yeah. But then I was just like, no, I, I think I'm confusing it with Moby Dick. Because whales, what, what does Moby Dick have to do with the Bible? Yeah. You know? And uh, we're talking white whales here. Yeah. I mean, you're always on the hunt for whales, so. <laughs> God, God bless the whales, man. God bless yeah. the whales. Uh, all right. Let's get out of here with a quick quick little visit to the Reddit. Let's do it. The Reddit, uh, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Uh, now, this is all news to me. I haven't Reddit had a thread. chance to, to really look this over too much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let me pull up the window. Okay. Which one do you want to start? Let's go with, uh, let's do. Upstuck? Don't be or an not, asset. Or not, or yeah, asset. Yeah. Okay, let's, yeah. Let's yeah, that one's an, good. Yeah. Let's not be asshats. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll end on this one. Okay. Okay. So he says, please don't be an asshat to obviously new players. I was playing some 1-3 last night down at the Jewel. Uh, when some <laughs> wide eye. at the Jewel, okay? By the way, this is just going to lead There's to. There's $5 in there, pre, not four. <laughs> this is going to lead to me. Going on like some random five minute rant to end the show because uh, I already love the first line. Yes. Some wide eyed 20 something comes what? up to the table with a stack of red. If that wasn't enough to indicate he was new, his complete lack of knowledge of the betting line, blind structure, when it was his turn to act, etc., sure gave it away. After basically showing no aggression, limp folding some hands, limp calling some hands, and then folding on the flop, his stack whittled down to about 70 in only 15 minutes or so. Oh, I, I, I take it all back. It sounds like he's uh, sympathizing with this young man. Yes. And then it gets down to him in the small blind and some mog. What's a mog? I don't know. Come on, bro. You're the zoomer here. I'm the zoomer? Yeah. I mean, just because Landon's not here, I have to play his role. I mean, someone's got to do it. Google mog. Mog. I Google Mog. Somebody tell me what a Mog is. This is my job. I'm supposed to be Google. Yeah. Uh, some Mog. That? Huh? How do you spell M A W G. M A W G. In the big blind, and you can probably guess what happened. 
Big Blind asked to chop. The new player looked clueless and called the $3. Big Blind asks again, this time more forcefully. Dealer explains what chopping is to the new player. New player says, nope, let's play. Big Blind, visually disgusted. Scrawny checks. or skinny? That's it? It just that, means... That, maybe, that's, maybe that's not the right meaning. Maybe it's that's from something else. I feel like it's got to be an acronym. I mean, maybe... Um, yeah. Let's see. It checks all the way to the river. Oh, sorry. Oh, Urban Dictionary here. Yeah, yeah. It checks all the way to the river. Small blind bets $5. Big blind folds 9-3 off face up. It says, you really want my $3 that bad you can have it. A few other shit regs chime in. All right, he watches the show for sure. Shout out to Easy69. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a viewer. Uh, a few more shit regs chime in. More politely, I'll be it. Sorry. Um, I, there was a typo in my... <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. uh, I had, yeah, I had some Jamaican word. MAGA or whatever. Okay. Okay. MOG is a middle-aged white guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why you should have known what a MOG was. Of course. You are uh, a MOG. Oh, what are you? Uh, I'm hip. <laughs> Yeah, you're hip, you're hip. Good evening, fellow students. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, a few other shit regs chime in more politely, albeit, and tell the new player that you're supposed to chop when it gets to the blinds. It just wastes time. Only play if you have a bad beat hand. All the type, typical bullshit. And it's all going straight over the new player's head. His first pot won in a live poker. It'll go down in his memory as getting scolded by other players. I speak up to try to make light of the situation. I told the new player that there's no rule saying you have to chop. You can play if you want to. He's just mad that you took his $3, to which the Mog immediately retorts that he doesn't care about the $3, and it's the principle. Oh, God. It's the principle of the matter, LaManna. the principle. What do you... How's often... Does this happen? Yeah, it always happens. Yeah? Yeah, it happens, and it's just so dumb. It's like, yes. Listen, when you see... I wholeheartedly agree. Don't be an asshat. Like you, like, you see a new player. They're obviously new, right? You want to make their experience as fun and relaxing and enjoyable as possible. You want them to return. You want the game to grow. You want poker. You want anybody that's going to try poker or, like, step into the arena. Listen, it's not easy never playing, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's intimidating. Walk up. You got to, like... How do I get on the list? Where do I sit down? When do I post the blinds? When do I do all these things, right? The first few times you do it, it's it's kind of intimidating. So if you see somebody that's there and, you know, you they're obviously newbie, don't be an asshat. Be nice to them. Help them out, right? Make their their experience enjoyable. That way they want to come back. Bro, my first time playing live poker, like not in a home game setting that's yeah. like 25 cent, 50 cent. We went to Turning Silver Stone, Creek. or sorry, we went to Silver Creek. Silver rather. Creek, yeah. Uh, it was three six limit. Mm-hmm. I'd never played a limit game before in my life. Right. I didn't know how to post, but I was tremoring, shaking with fear, and I had probably played like dozens of hours of home games, if not hundreds, at that point. Yeah. I was absolutely trembling. Didn't know what was going on. I had twenty dollars in front of me. It's so different than a home game. It's just so different because, like, you know, when you're in a home game, you're used to like just. You know, everyone, you're, you're all your buddies, and you're all doing the exact same thing. Here, it's you kind of police in each structure. other, right? There's a there's a professional dealer, there's floor, there's everybody else that's been there for years on end, right? They all know exactly what they're doing. They're yeah. shuffling their chips, and the dealer was like the most intimidating factor of it all because I felt like I was in some sort of restricted environment mm-hmm. where I was going to get scolded for not knowing what I'm doing, right? Uh, table games. I've, I've played like almost zero table games in my life. 
Uh, and to this day, I still have angst about like walking up to a table. Yeah. Because I I don't want to get scolded for using my like most people just go drunk. Right. And they just like whatever, man. Like mm-hmm. you tell me when I've become too much. Yeah. And like I'm there as a rule abiding citizen where it's just like I don't want to get yelled. At. I just don't want to get yelled at. Like I'm too grown to get yelled at. Please right. don't yell at me. Yeah. I don't want the cards. Don't pick the cards up off the table. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't yeah, it's like that. it's a whole bunch of nah, 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 and it's just a miserable experience. And I remember feeling that anxiety whenever like I first sat down at this three six yeah. table. Luckily, like you and Greg were there also, and you guys seemed very comfortable. But like the deal was I had already my, been to Atlantic City and played some three six. So well, look you know, at you. <laughs> fucking Bro, I still don't know what the blinds guy. are in limit games. I truly don't know. I, I I'm twenty years in. What are the blinds for three six limit? Well, it's not three six. No. So it's three is the big blind for sure. Yeah. I don't know what the small blind is. One or two. One or two. I don't know. But like, I didn't one. know that. I was probably putting out a dollar or six dollars. Who fucking knows? <laughs> I just know that like the dealer was putting my blinds mm-hmm. out for me. Like I was a lost cause. Somehow I booked a win. Of course. Because uh, luck has always been kind to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of another story. Do you remember the time we went to Turning Stone together? First of all, for you young up and comers, you guys have no idea uh, what you missed out on oh. in the early 2000s at Turning Stone. Oh. We were all online rich, way too much fucking money for our age. Mm-hmm. We were like, yeah, and for what it's worth, all you young kids now listening, you probably can relate because some of you are just online rich. But we had like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and a room at Turning Stone was 99 bucks a night. Yeah. Free. Free 99. Free 99. You got to. You got a refrigerator in there. You got a uh, what are they called? The 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 bars that you oh mini bars. They had mini bars in there, but it was a dry casino, so there was no alcohol. Mm-hmm. Which for whatever reason meant the mini bar was not marked up very expensively. Right, <laughs> like M and M's were only two bucks. Wow, I mean they were giving it away. Mm-hmm. So we went there uh, for one of their Empire State series or whatever, uh, and I had a miserable trip. I I played cash all night, every night, and then jumped right into the tournaments on no sleep. I ended up losing like 4K. And we're walking out, and I was not rich at the time. I did not have online money. Right. I just was a degenerate. (laughs) I might have had like maybe 20K to my name at Mm -hmm. that point, and I just lost four of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 20% of my bankroll. Right. We're walking out, and I never in my life played a pit game before, ever. We walk past the roulette table and I go, Lamana, I'm putting it all on black. And he yeah. goes, don't do it. I'm like, Please and don't. I go, I'm putting it all on black. And I go to put 4K on black and I go to 2K max. I go, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, Lamana, <laughs> put 2K on black. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God. Do you remember trying to talk me out of this? Yes. Yes, yes, I do. Like, I'm just like, why? What are you doing? Like, you'll get this money back playing poker, not just taking a shot. Why do you want to, like, double your losses in one second? Do you remember what happened next? I believe... Well, why don't you tell it? Okay, so uh, I wasn't sure if he'd remember this detail or not. So I put 4K on black and $100 on 11 because that was my number. Oh, that's right. They go to spin the ball. And it flies out of the roulette that's wheel. That's right. And Lamana starts freaking out. He goes, if that's not a sign, I don't know what it is. Take your money back. <laughs> and I go, let it ride. Mm-hmm. So they spin it again. And I'm sweating because now if I lose, 
half of my bankroll has disappeared. And it's going around in circles. And at that point, it dawned on me what a fucking idiot. What a dumbass idea. This like, was. what an idiot. Mm -hmm. just I had to, the to be to totally just like be out of control now where this four thousand dollars is no longer mine. Nope. And I have no impact on the outcome. Yep. So the what do I do? Is now in control. Yeah, the universe is in control, and so I clasp my hands together and pray. Mm -hmm. And sure as shit, it lands on black eleven. Unbelievable! <laughs> I walked out of there, goddamn winner. You did. And so I'm happy on the way home. I was thrilled. It's a long drive. <laughs> uh, I didn't play roulette again until. Do you remember when I got your dad all those About, points? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, my dad. He was so happy. He's like, you're like, oh, just put your card. In. Yeah, yeah. Give him your card, and you you put the bet down. My dad's like, I went straight to platinum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I put five k on black. Well, actually, I didn't even put it on black. I, I'll never forget this. Brian's parents were in town. No, that's we right. Were, we were at Bally's. And I go, I'm going to make a big bet. Right. And I'm going to put This five. is the thing. You would make one big, ridiculously degenerate bet a year. Yeah. Right. And this was the time to do it. And you know what? It's funny. Uh, I won when I needed it the most mm -hmm. in Turning Stone. Yep. And when I did it, it at Bally's, I just like, it was like around 2010, right after the World Series or whatever. You were flush. You didn't I was need super it. flush. Yeah, it didn't, I, the didn't 5K didn't matter at yeah. all. So you, had, you were drawn dead. So I go, I go... You know, Mama Lamana, black or red, and she goes, "Red's my favorite want color." That responsibility, yeah, right, no, right. no. Yeah. And I go, "Black or red?" And like, I twist her arm, and very uncertainly, she goes, "Red." She's like, "Red's my favorite color." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Well, I would have went black, but okay, let's go red." So I give her the money, and I tell her to put it on red, and it comes up black. <laughs> and I think to this day, she still has some level of guilt over this. Probably. Yeah, probably. So maybe we hit a little bit of a tangent there to end. Uh, I apologize if uh, if that didn't have anything to do with being an asshat to new players. Listen, but just be nice to new players. Be That's nice it. to new players. Help them out a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. we all started once before. And if you're a new player and you would like to get a little bit better at the game, we have a free series. That Academy footage that you just witnessed, you can watch that for nothing. Free. Absolutely free 99. Mm -hmm. Just head to Academy. No, that's a lie. Head to solvefory.io you want to come to the academy then head to academy.software.io that's right we got uh, one coming up in march that's right we do march 13th 18th to the 20th 18th to the 20th mm -hmm. uh, i'll be there on the 13th no big deal um <laughs> just waiting for people to come in yeah. you guys show or don't i don't care uh all right that's gonna do it for us i am headed to arizona to get my passport mm -hmm. um i'm headed to montreal in two weeks so if you guys are in the playground area be sure to swing by January 31st. I believe that's the date of the meetup game. I'll confirm for sure for you guys next week. Uh, we'll have a whole week of plugging the events up there and all the things that myself, Schwan, and others will be getting into. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you all Monday. Peace.